0: highly enthused a shortcut to things worth consuming presented by two women named sophie who spend too long on the internet i'm sophie roberts and i'm sophie McComas. hello hello how are ya? oh i'm okay you know right where you left me last time we spoke (laughs) (laughs) have not moved forward have not moved back right in the same spot the exact same spot. I recently rotated my dining chairs around so that I didn't leave them out. So that was a real exciting day in the Robert's house. <laughs> what else we going on? um what else has been going on what else has been going on well you know I was very close to making this entire episode just about food when I first started compiling my list I was like that's all I have it's my one my one joy my one delight but you know I managed not to I found some non-food related (laughs) recommendations it is a hard task I wrestle with this every episode and it was so funny I kept being like oh well there's that book that book's about food oh what about that's just coffee it's sort of like food (laughs) like like everything I thought of was really just food (laughs) and then you know today I had a really delicious sandwich for lunch which I won't talk about because it's food almost ate pasta straight out of the bowl I made it in but I didn't So I consider that a triumph. I actually put it in a plate. Um, And then I watched two of the Hunger Games movies recently for some reason. I couldn't tell you. What about yourself? Well, that all sounds great. It sounds
1: fine. You're doing fine. (laughs) Rotating (laughs) furniture. You're eating, you're watching, (laughs) you're rotating furniture. That sounds fine. (laughs) Much of the same for me. Um, uh, No daycare anymore. So we are just living wild and free over here (laughs) by the seat of our pants. (laughs) And, yeah, go gardening i'll talk about that in a little bit because this is 33 folks just really glad to be back here with you all for another fortnightly episode of highly indeed on that note what are we eating this week after all that food
0: uh okay so i have like a double whammy tip because You know, why not? If you're feeling like you're in a bit of a cooking rut in your everyday cooking, and this isn't just a lockdown thing, you know how sometimes you just get into habits, you've got like five or six recipes you kind of like use over and over again because they're just Mm -hmm. really easy and you don't have to think. I actually really recommend asking some of your friends what their version of those recipes is. Like what Mm. are their like back pocket recipes that they just pull out when they don't want to think because everyone's a different and they kind of come from like, what their mum used to cook, or something they did at uni, or like whatever it is, and you always get some really good ideas. So, our mutual friend Anna had told me that she like makes a lot of this kind of spinach rice with lots of dill, and that's pretty much all she said. It was like that sentence, but it led me down this rabbit hole, and I found a recipe by Adam Liao, which he made on his current SBS show, The Cooker. Also, really good for weeknight cooking. Um, and it's his spinach and dill fried rice. So. It sounds fusiony, but it's really based on this Greek recipe called spanakorizo. <laughs> that was the most non-Greek
1: pronunciation
0: of that. Well, ever heard, but I love it. I love it. How, look, you tell me how to say it. I'm not going to try to pretend <laughs> I understand how to say it in Greek. Spanakorizo, <laughs> spanakorizo, mate. I don't know. I'm sorry, every Greek person <sighs> in this proud nation. You can't ask so much of me. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Anyway, it's a delicious Greek recipe. I'm not going to say it again, but it is a bit of a riff on it, and he has designed it to use up leftover rice that you've got if you've sort of made a pot for another recipe. Um, I've done it both with fresh purposefully made rice and I've done it with leftover rice, and it works both times. So if you don't have rice lying around, it doesn't matter. You can just make a fresh pot. But basically, it's so easy. You don't even, like, blanch the spinach in a – In boiling water you just like get a bowl rinse it out like make sure it's not sandy and then just cover it in boiling water and take it out almost immediately so it just like really quickly like blanches Mm. chop it up roughly throw it into a pan with like garlic and onion that you've cooked down with olive oil um, and then once that's kind of warmed through and cooked down, you can throw in the cold rice, lots of salt. Like you really want to season this generously because there's so much rice that you're using. Like his recipe calls for six cups. I've used less than that. You just kind of like adjusted accordingly. Six cups. That's so much rice. I know it's so much rice. But I guess if you're like feeding a family, you probably sure. make more than one cup at a time. I just usually make one dried cup at a time when I'm cooking rice because there's a limit to how much rice I can have. But he also adds, and this is sort of really key, is some fish sauce to season Mm, which is not traditional but works really well if you're fully vegan vegetarian um, I'm sure you could use like the vegan fish sauce that's a mushroom based one there it would work really well and you could probably leave it out and just use soy or something if you didn't want to that in. Um, but what's really great is you can kind of riff on it. So I also added like some dried mint, sumac, chili flakes. I had like half a can of leftover drained chickpeas that I threw in because I wanted to kind of make it a full meal. I also once had like kind of like a, a bunch of broccolini that had been in the crisper for like a little bit too long, you know, when it starts losing its structural integrity. And so mm-hmm. I just threw that in with the spinach, blanched that quickly and then sliced it up really 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 finely almost like shredded it and then added that in with the spinach it's just like super adaptable and then the key at the end is you mix through as much dill as you possibly have like just as much as you want Um, but you can also add in mint or parsley if you have any around and then you can serve it I've served it with some crumbled feta I've served it with a big dollop of Greek yogurt. You want to add heaps of lemon, like a big squeeze of that. It's just so tasty and it's so easy. And you end up eating heaps of green vegetables. (laughs) Like it just kind of like packs them in there without you really noticing how much green vegetable you're eating. Yeah, this sounds delicious and so good for spring eating. Exactly. Very springy. I'm sure there's lots of other ways you could, you know, mix it up. You could probably cook some lentils in there. As you know, I love a legume. You could probably serve it with fish or chicken or, you know, Mm. a boiled egg, you know, whatever you probably want to add find a way to add some protein otherwise it's just a lot of carbs and grains but um it's really tasty and it's been really fun to have a new kind of template to play with so my weeknight cooking has got like another another player has come into the game
1: i love that idea i'm gonna ask my friends what they cook on a regular basis for sure that's a great source of new ideas
0: what about you what have you added to your lineup
1: Okay, so mine is a cookbook. So it's both a read and an eat at the same
0: time.
1: I wasn't expecting to love this book, actually. It's by Molly Baz, who is an ex-editor at Bon Appetit. She left in the mass exodus from Bon Appetit in 2020 (laughs) and now lives in California. She's very charming. And, you know, I think all the Bon Appetit editors are extremely good cooks. Like, I love the style of food that they produce there. She's just a little bit cartoony. I don't know. Everything is abbreviated into like cute little sayings. I'm sure you know about sea sal, like sea sal, sea sal, sea sal, short for Caesar salad. Sweet potatoes aren't sweet potatoes, they're sweetie peas. (laughs) That one
0: kills me, it kills me.
1: (laughs) It's all very cute. But that aside, she's an extremely good cook and her book, which is called Cook This Book, is really, really good. It was one of those first reads when, you know, you've you're flipping through it for the first time, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Bookmark, 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 like, and the whole book ends up being dog-eared. Yeah, which is so exciting because then you're like, "Yes!" Like, this was a really good investment. <laughs> I'm going to come back to this a bunch of times. Every like third page, there's something delicious on it. The photography is still very Bon Appetit, like it's very high flash, high saturation. But the recipes are really good. They're really kind of exciting. I made the orzo al limone almost instantly. The orzo or risoni is kind of the same thing. It's that short rice-shaped pasta that you can braise directly into sauces rather than having to cook it.
0: I think it is called risoni here more commonly. Like I think it's quite hard to find anything labeled orzo as I have learned when trying to find it in the store before. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they're exactly the same. So this was actually Rizzoni. For what was my it was um, braised into this like lemony, cheesy, peppery sauce. And I had actually never had pasta al limone. I know that you have had it like a bunch.
0: Literally ate um, it tonight. Yeah, That's what you, I had for dinner tonight. It's
1: one of your, <laughs> one of your dishes that you have perfected, And um, I have yet to taste Sophie Roberts' spaghetti molne, But um, this was really, yeah, so good. Cheesy, peppery. It's kind of like a cross between pasta and risotto because it's braised and it's rice mm. <laughs> I also tried the pastrami roast chicken with schmaltzy roast onions and our favourite herb, dill. Dill. Which was really, really awesome. You rub the chicken with all the spices that are found on... Pastrami, so paprika, brown sugar, black pepper, and salt, and it comes out of the oven, all golden and crusted. The onions that you place, the red onions that you place under the chicken as it roasts, and all the fat from the bird turns them all silky and sweet and soft, and then that fresh dill adds that like green freshness to cut through all the fat and salt. And it was really yum. There are so many other recipes I want to try. But nothing seems, like, too hard
0: or fiddly. It's all just really delicious and pretty simple. Um, I will say I think that's one of the key things about why Bon Appetit recipes are good and, like, all of those cooks, as you said, from that cohort, is they aren't that, like, full of faff. Like, every step or ingredient, you understand why it's there when you eat it. It's like everything's designed to be easy to make and delicious.
1: Yeah, I think they actively work to, like – Cut down the steps in most simplify. Simplify. So yeah, I really recommend this book. It's great. It's the design is awesome. You know, maybe you'll get around the sweetie peas.
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I will never call them sweetie peas.
1: <laughs> but it's Cook This Book by Molly Baz. Very good eating indeed. Uh read, watch, listen, so Soro. What is on your radar this week?
0: Well, it's a listen this week uh, and I only found, it's a podcast and I only found it last week and have uh, like binged at least a third of the episodes, I think. It's just really a really great listen. So it's called Maintenance Phase. Hmm. And I found it, I think, through a newsletter written by this journalist called Anne Helen Peterson. I think I can't even remember. And it's a podcast that looks at debunking the junk science and also the social, cultural and sort of political forces behind health fads and wellness trends and diet culture. Hmm. It's really sort of fascinating so it started like in october last year it comes out fortnightly which as we know is the coolest podcast schedule um and so there's about 25 or so eps out so far and one of the hosts of this podcast is also a host of you're wrong about which have you ever listened to that one
1: yes i listened to Diana series yeah
0: so that's a really great podcast where they do deep dives into sort of historical and cultural moments that we all half remember but like don't remember properly and sort of does these really forensic re-examinations of them and, and reconsiderations of them and this it's relevant because this podcast actually takes a really similar approach but as I said focuses in on kind of diet culture components um and I'm finding it really really fascinating because it's really reframing all these kind of different parts of sort of Wellness and fitness and sort of health culture that in many ways I've just kind of taken for granted as sort of the air, like the air sort of we breathe. In particular, I really enjoyed the episode that they did on Moon Juice, which we oh, will man. probably know as the very fancy hippy-dippy LA-based brand that sells products like brain dust and very expensive juices, and I have a hundred percent be sucked in by them. I have one of their beauty products, full disclosure. I
1: bought the anti-stress pills. Yeah. They
0: did not work. <laughs> They talk about why they probably didn't work. So that's like obviously quite enjoyable, but they also look at things like The Biggest Loser and sort of the, the science behind those crash diets and the like real public shaming element of that kind of reality TV and the kind of where reality TV and health and diet culture kind of converge in this show. They look into BMIs and that, like sort of the fact that they're a really terrible scientific concept that don't actually work. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's another episode which I haven't listened to yet, but I'm excited to, which is about the wellness to QAnon pipeline so you know how there's this obviously like anti-vax movement and QAnon mm-hmm. have this weird overlap with wellness and so they examine those forces as well so it's like quite intellectual in terms of really taking these things seriously they really examine sort of the historical references to them the academic sort of viewpoints but it's also just really enjoyable and i learn at least one thing every episode that kind of makes me go like fuck really like holy shit I didn't know that but also just really interesting to sort of start looking at parts of the world that we sort of take for granted sounds awesome I'm definitely gonna listen to that yeah just also funny like the the other co-host Aubrey is um she calls herself or her like writing name on her blog was your fat friend and she's just like really forthright and smart and hilarious and just like really honest about the experience of being a fat queer person in America it's yeah it's fascinating Mm, excellent what about you
1: so mine is also a podcast
0: we're so in sync are you separated by 11 kilometers
1: we're so in sync. uh thank you to molly for alerting me to this podcast it is bad blood the final <gasps> chapter oh my God, i'm obsessed with this story i know so this is one for those who've been following the insane story of elizabeth holmes who duped a bunch of people out of millions of dollars in investment into her company Th- theranos which claimed to revolutionize the blood test industry um and was essentially a complete sham allegedly (laughs) um she said in her um like in her pitch that she could run comprehensive blood tests on a sample drawn just from a pinprick on someone's finger rather than drawing a whole vials of blood for comprehensive tests um this woman is just outrageous like it's just such a crazy story and the reason why this podcast has come out now like there's a book there's a there's a movie on it like there's so much content around this story and the reason why the podcast has dropped is that she's going to trial <gasps> yes. right now yes. yeah so this podcast is in real time really teasing out what's happening in the trial. So right, there's only two episodes live at the moment. I think they're week by week, but each episode really tells the backstory, tells the strategy behind her defense, interviews a whole bunch of people around it. It's really interesting. So... If her previous antics are anything to go by, which include a really fake and weird deep voice. Yep. Um, the very strict Steve Jobs-like uniform, her very strange social media habits. She's also pregnant. Um, she's oh God, about really? to have a baby like right before she might be sent to jail for 20 years, which is just like insane timing and a lot of people are alleging that it was on purpose to make her seem more sympathetic which as a person who's recently given birth I would really say that that is really hard to believe (laughs) but who knows what this woman will do and just the refusal to admit any guilt like she's upheld that there are nurse, the machines work which everyone else says (laughs) that they don't yeah it's just a really addictive podcast and I just can't get enough of this story so I will consume every medium that um, that covers it movies book podcast what's next maybe a tattoo on my
0: arm or something i'm not <laughs> i mean never say never so yeah i am really enjoying that at the moment very very good thank you so much for that recommendation from, from me personally because i will be diving into this because i'm obsessed with her she's a just wacky character she makes it easy to become obsessed. With me. <laughs> so many makes details, very- <laughs> so many weird details.
1: Okay, buy or do, what are you
0: buying or doing? Well, if you are sick of all your usual lockdown activities and you live with one or more other people above the age of eight, and you enjoy the ruthless competition of Monopoly but wish it did not last seven hours. I don't know why you wouldn't in lockdown, but, you know, sometimes you've still got shit to do. I have a recommendation for the best $9 you can spend. What is it? It is the game Monopoly Deal. Have you ever played this?
1: I haven't played it, but I've watched it being played and I've seen a lot of people
0: talk about it and people are obsessed with it, like obsessed. (sighs) I have to admit, I was skeptical. I was not convinced it was going to be a good time. I was introduced this introduced to this game by the guy that I'm dating and his housemate. And as I said, skeptical because it is a card game version of Monopoly, which doesn't really sound super exciting. But I was wrong. It's actually great. And I was willing to admit that I was wrong. So I was also very confused. I was like, how the hell have they turned a board game into a card game? Like I couldn't quite figure out how to translate that in my brain and it is like definitely a different game for example you can get a round done in about 15 to 20 minutes like it does not last hours it is very quick the goal is still the same you're trying to collect sets of property and the first person to get three full sets of property wins and you like you can still charge rent as you play like some of the stuff sort of has stayed the same but they've done it so that it's like really fast you have to be strategic about what cards you play and what cards you hold back because people can like force you to trade your cards or steal your cards and property so like like you don't want to put a full set down too early because then you become a target For the first few rounds, I was playing like quite carefully. Like I had a couple of cards that were really good, but I was holding them back and then I just lost because someone else has got in and put their cards down sooner, even though I think I probably could have won that. So you have to be like really ruthless and you have to play like way faster. You cannot hold back like in a normal game of Monopoly. You just got to like play it all at once. But it's really fun because it's got a very similar mix of strategy, but also just like luck as the original one. But as I said, 15 to 20 minutes like you are not locking yourself in to 18 hours of play which I can't do
1: what I want from a game Mm.
0: I've only played it in a group of three but apparently it is just it can be just as fun with two people so you don't need if you've it's just you and your partner you can play with them if you have an eight-year-old it's for ages eight and up so you can include them as well (laughs) This was awesome.
1: Yeah, I should try it. I definitely should try um, it. As for mentioned in previous episodes, I'm not a Real games
0: person. <laughs> did I mention It's $9 and you can even buy it at Woolworths. Like, this game is everywhere. <laughs> I mean, it's not about the money, it's about just the playing of things. <laughs> well, you know, it's a 15 minute commitment. I feel like it took me longer to learn the rules than it did to play around. And then I was like, oh, I kind of get it now. Also, there are online versions of the game. So if you are living by yourself or you don't have housemates willing to play with you, you can also play a Zoom version of the game as well. That's cool. Yeah, nice. What about you? What have you bought or done, or both, as always?
1: Well, we were gifted, as you know, Mm -hmm. a pair of sheets lately. And before I talk about them, I just wanted to clear up that though we are sent a few samples every now and then, we'll only make it onto the podcast if we feel that they are worth talking about. Like a sample definitely does not equal a mention at all. But we were sent a pair of Attitude bamboo sheets recently. And I've been waiting a little while to bring them up because it took me quite a few who sleeps in them to break out of the feeling of sleeping in linen
0: i agree it was like my body didn't know what to do <laughs>
1: Yeah, like linen has been such a massive part of the bedding industry in the past like five to eight years.
0: Mm.
1: It's just become this – it's like a – I guess it used to be a stamp of luxury and now it's like trickled down into like
0: being very mainstream. It was very status-y to start with because like all the brands who did it were super expensive. I mean they're still not cheap, but yeah.
1: Yeah, and I I really love sleeping in linen. Like it, it gets softer over time. Like as as you wash it, it softens. I like the like, you know, t- soft tech of it but these these sheets are made from bamboo and there is a lot of claims around how bamboo is better for the environment and though it does take much much less water something like 500 times less water to produce which is amazing there's still some murky stuff about how bamboo can be mass-produced in some settings but Attitude is really transparent here and they're a completely carbon-neutral company, which is really cool. The bamboo is sourced from certified sustainable forests, there's like absolutely no chemicals, it's completely organic, so all of this is great, but the most noticeable thing is about just how satiny and silky they are, so much so that they're actually called sateen. <laughs>
0: mm, they're pearlescent, like a holographic <laughs> nail polish.
1: yeah like for someone who's consistently slept on linen for like six years this was somewhat of a shock as I lay down in them but as I can continue to snuggle um in them for a few days I actually just really got into it and I was like I actually think I like these (laughs) I texted you it's like when I opened them I was like I just don't I think these are just too satiny like I just can't get over it and then I was like Mmm, this is so soft it's really nice
0: I think the sateen texture is like the gen z sheet you know like linen is a millennial thing we love a natural fiber we love a high waist we love a billowy sleeve and then the gen z are in like plastic pants and like holographic tops and this is sateen you know it fits with this new vibe we just need to adjust our sheet expectations
1: (laughs) (laughs) well apparently the key is to layer the sheets with your linen So maybe you have like a linen top sheet or a duna cover. So it's not like sleeping in water. you know. it's like just so smooth and silky that you're like, I I have worried I'm going to slip out of them, but they are very comfortable. Yeah. You need a little traction. You need a little traction. Um, So if you're, yeah, if you're keen for something new in the bedroom and you don't mind a little silky softness, then, you know, try breaking out of that linen bench. Um, if you dare and try them out. I, yeah, I don't think I'll be racing to like replace every single delicious linen sheet that I have,
0: <laughs> but it was really surprisingly nice. They're going to stay in my rotation. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. And I really admire the, the transparency of Attitude. I, I looked into it and I didn't realize that they were so committed to that. So that's really cool. So that is the Attitude Signature setting Sheets.
0: Thank you for sending us the sample. It was very generous of you. All right, now, what is the time? The time time. is now for the Fast Five. Fast Five. Five. My singing is getting worse every episode. I'm sorry. Okay. Here are my food recommendations because <laughs> there's a few of them in here. Okay, I have another great recipe for sneaking lots of vegetables into your weeknight meal without noticing, but it's slightly more decadent. It is the Smitten Kitchen zucchini butter spaghetti. Oh, yeah. So delicious. You just grate up a bunch of zucchini and then you melt it into this very generous amount of butter. <laughs> Um, and then other than that it's just grated garlic and chili flakes and salt and if you have it basil but I didn't have it and it was still delicious and obviously a lot of grated parmesan and you just like once the spaghetti's cooked and the zucchini's kind of cooked down she says to cook it to a spreadable consistency you just toss the spaghetti with the sauce and a little bit of cooking water and it coats every noodle and it's very comforting and very buttery but the zucchini's kind of light it's just great and you feel like it's slightly more healthy because it's so much zucchini um but it, there is also butter there's quite a bit of butter um on a random side note really really feeling spaghetti at the moment i have been on a bucatini kick for a number of years but much like switching you know from linen to sateen, <laughs> the spaghetti's back baby i love the thinness of the noodle you get more sort of sauce around it it's great
1: yeah i i'm in love with all the shapes. However, I agree. Spaghetti is a real staple in my cupboard. It's a little
0: bit. I just ne- neglected her for too long and now she is back with a vengeance in this in this household. It sounds delicious. Yeah, it's really it's really tasty. I mean, what's not to love? It's a lot of butter. But um, really, when I was feeling very tired and like, I don't want to cook, I should get takeaway, I was like, you've got the zucchini and the crispy you need to use, just fucking cook something. And then I felt like I'd been wholesome even though I had made a buttery pasta for dinner. All right, number two. I think people are sleeping on dried mint as a component in their spice cupboard. Interesting. So I mentioned it briefly in my spinach fried rice recipe up top. And when I was using it, it made me realize actually how much I use it. So I've mentioned, I think before, when I do like my crispy chickpeas, I mix it through if I'm making kind of like a quick like tzatziki with Greek yogurt and lemon and garlic and cucumber. The thing that's usually missing that you don't realize and that makes it taste like how it would taste if you got it at a restaurant is dried mint. Mm. It like tips it over the edge. I also, I mean, sumac was also in this family for me. I feel like you add it to things and you're like, oh my God, that's what it normally tastes yes. like. But dried mint unexpectedly just gives a little because it's got a bit of sweetness. It's very fragrant. Just adds that little zing. So if you don't have dried mint in your cupboard, and if you have dried mint but it's like seven years old, get yeah, rid of it. I was gonna say I feel like I those dried soft herbs just don't last or do they i don't know i actually think you should be able to be part of like a spice buying co-op where whenever you buy a packet of spices it pairs you with someone who needs half a packet and you can just <laughs> split it because there's a business idea guys because you never need the whole packet like in the time that it recommends that you use it by. yeah but i'll try i will i will give this a whirl definitely honestly mix it through if you're making like a quick tzatziki and it it's the thing that like kind of like oh that tastes like it does in Greece or in a really good Greek restaurant Mm, so that's dried mint guys a spice add it to add it to your cupboard all right number three is not food but is food adjacent I come bearing more food porn via Instagram an account Appropriately named Cabin Corn. <laughs> now, this is also run by a very handsome man, though I had to stalk his tagged photos to find out that he was very handsome because he's far less selfie happy than our old fave telltale food from a few recipes ago. Um, but I found the account when a friend reposted a video of him making the most perfectly crispy skinned fish on this outdoor grill overlooking a lake. It was just like Some of the most soothing food cooking content I've seen on Instagram, like it's just like so methodical and perfect and everything looks delicious. And it was just like taking a little holiday in my feed. So that is Cabin Corn on Instagram. He also did this one post once like a few weeks back, a few months back rather, where he made a radish butter terrine. Ooh. You might have seen. I think I posted this anyway. It's just very soothing, kind of finicking and calming food content. And also, you know, if you want to stalk his photos, he's really cute. Anyway, number four, not food related. My other thing that I'm spending all my money on is skincare. <laughs> Classic, highly Yeah. So my home office is sort of tucked into my sunroom, which is very, very bright, even during winter, which I am very grateful for. But it does mean that I realized I was sort of getting sunburnt even inside, uh, especially Mm -hmm. because I've been using retinol, (laughs) so my skin's really sensitive. Um, So I've started being much more diligent about applying sunscreen. Now, the only two nations I trust with sunscreen are Australia and France. Australia because our rules are the strictest and the most like you, you really have to make a good SPF to get through Australian guidelines um, and France because they're just like kings of affordable, high-quality skincare. So this one is a really great French pharmacy brand It's called La Roche-Posay Anti-Helios SPF 50+. plus. You can buy it at Priceline. You can get it at Chemist Warehouse. I think my local chemist has it. It's super lightweight. It's really reasonably priced. It is a chemical uh, sunscreen. So if you prefer a physical sunscreen, this isn't the one for you. But I find some chemical sunscreens break me out. There's like this particular ingredient that gives me like really bad, um, like kind of like those deep pimples. This does not do that. It's just like I slather it on keep a little bottle by my computer so I can re-up it during the day because it wears off. And I'm on to like my fourth bottle of it. I just Mm. keep rebuying it because it's just so lightweight. You do go through it quite quickly. It's, again, classic French where they're like one tiny bottle and in Australia you're like, I need 75 of those to get through the summer. (laughs) I need a pullback. If you could just give me a bulk vat of this that I could pipe (laughs) into my house, that would be great. But, yeah, it's been a real mainstay. So that's La Roche-Posay Anti-Helios SPF 50+. They do have a tinted version, which I haven't tried. I just use the plain one. And I don't find it does that thing where it like peels... Or like, um, gets that kind of creamy cast on your face. So I think it would be good for for most skin tones as mm. well.
1: I think the word "fluid" here is like quite important. It's called invisible fluid. I'm like, oh, oh yes. yeah, that's like quite a good word for sunscreen. Mm, yes, thin,
0: meltable, lightweight. Yeah, but. invisible. Clear. Importantly, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, please enjoy. Go forth and sunscreen. Um, And then my last one is kind of a weird one, but basically... As I purchased my 40th, I feel, bottle of wine this week, I realized that springtime, yeah. it's a wine release season. So it's one of my favorite and also one of the more expensive times of year. It's, as I said, springtime release season for all of my favorite wineries. Um, so like all our old faves are literally just getting released, like Fistful of Flowers by Memento Mori, one of your fave Textures of the Sun by Choda Barrels is out. Manon is releasing stuff, Cosrami is out, I feel like SB68 Bianco will just be coming around any day now. Every week seems to bring another email from another bottle shop telling me of another wine. I'm like, oh no, I just (laughs) bought one. And I actually read an article recently by winemaker and writer Rachel Singer in The Guardian saying that apparently... Last year was an incredible vintage in Australia and we had almost perfect grape growing conditions just across the country for the first time in like a very, very long time. So she's like, you should stock up because it's going to be a great vintage. I was like, well, I guess I should do that then. And I've taken that advice to heart. (laughs) I am stocking my cellar for all of the hopeful dinner parties I will throw and parties I will go to sometime in the future. (laughs) That's so true because it was such a terrible one the the
1: the year before previous because of the smoke taint. Mm. And yeah, it was like
0: I think across the whole harvest of everything, it was really Mm. good. Like just like bumper. Apparently the one good thing that happened in 2020 was grape growing. (laughs) Amazing well they deserve it. (laughs) They really truly do. So do we we deserve the wine. (laughs) We do. So springtime is wine time. Sign up to all your favorite bottle shops, uh, newsletters, or don't. It's very dangerous. But purchase some Australian wine. It's going to be a good year for it. I won't say no. Your turn. What is your fast five? Okay, I'm going full
1: Gen Z (laughs) with this recommendation. So fun, so simple, so silly. This is a cute brand of nail stickers called Flowerbed based out of Bondi which has been my go-to for those like small little gifts for friends in lockdown to brighten their day, which I know a lot of you are after because you message us about it every day. (laughs) And there is a highlight on our Instagram filled with ideas. Um, But this is just really fun. And it's only like 15 bucks and it's like a really like low key way to experiment with a new trend that is maybe outside your generational reach but (laughs) you don't have to invest that much in terms of money or like anything (laughs) (laughs) so they're releasing them in drops so the first drop has actually sold out but they just opened the pre-order for the next one you get two packs in a set and there's probably like 50 60 stickers on the one Mm -hmm on the one page they have little smiley faces in different colors simple daisy like flowers yin yangs yeah and you just the way that you put them on is you paint your nails with whatever color like of like pale color works quite nicely or a nude stick them on and then you put a clear layer over the top and then you're done that's it it's so fun they're very cute very cute very fun i just have to like find the perfect window between looking after the baby and like doing something with my hands where i can actually paint
0: my nails and allow them to dry i haven't found that window of time yet just do clear so if it smudges it's not obvious yeah okay that's a good idea
1: but also that's boring and like fuck if i'm gonna paint my nails i want it to be like (laughs)
0: like dramatic step-by-step victories so (laughs) just small victories so that's
1: flower bed (laughs) nail stickers you can find them on instagram uh, the next one is like I mentioned, gardening, guys. <laughs> Such joy. We live in an apartment and applied during lockdown to have a veggie garden out the back in our communal courtyard, and found the best one after our request was approved at Bunnings from the Organic Garden Co. Oh. So they're really simple. They're just like made from painted corrugated steel. There's just they come in all different kinds of shapes. You can get round or like hexagonal. We got a rectangular one. Come in great colors like a dark khaki green, a beige, charcoal, and plain steel, and they are so easy to assemble. Like it was a joke. It took five minutes. Like I think I've been putting this off for so long because I was like, oh, like there's so many steps in like setting it up and like lining it properly and like all this crap. I just I don't know if I have it in me. Like, can I find someone to come and set it up for me? Like just like <laughs> stick it all up. And then I found this brand, and it was so easy, and it really took like so little time and it was great under a hundred dollars was like 99 bucks for this flower bed, which I think is a really good price. And yeah, we filled it with soil. We bought like way less potty mix than we needed. So <laughs> we had to wait for the fucking click and collect, which took ages. Anyway, long story, really fun. I was like, what should we do now? Go check on the gardens. Because, like, It's the same as five minutes
0: ago when we checked on it again. <laughs> Um, so yeah. Hey, you know, gardens are magical. Sometimes you're going to go back after five minutes and it will look different. Well, yeah, and I'm just
1: going to reap so many benefits this summer i'm just psyched i'm gonna be like let's go pick a
0: pick a salad should scared. we have a weekly section of the podcast or fortnightly section of the podcast being like sophie's gardening corner <laughs> <laughs> what's growing <laughs> what's growing it's i'm so sure, sure love
1: that love that <laughs> um, so that's really cool it's called the organic garden co raised garden bed at bunnings warehouse closed at the moment but you can click and collect the next one is another adam Liao recipe <sighs> oh. Man of really the episode. Great. He is a really, really, really good cook. I love his recipes. His cookbook is really good, actually. He's old one. Uh, but anyway, another week, another cookie to try. <laughs> uh, people have tried the miso and white chocolate cookies from a couple of episodes back. These are salted honey and tahini shortbread biscuits. Oh and they are really good. Someone actually recommended this when we were sent a bunch of beautiful honey by a small maker called Mount Henry honey. And I was looking for ways to use it. And it's basically just a combo of butter, honey, tahini, and salt, (laughs) just like the name says. Sounds good. And they're so savory sweet. That is the, like, combo of cookie that I have decided is my jam. It's really just so yum and so simple. And they're kind of, like, quite thin and crispy, which I enjoy. Bit of flaky sea salt on top. Of course. Very good.
0: Uh, that is Adam Liao's salted honey tahini shortbread. Yum. If, if you run out of salt, let me know. I have 1.4 kilos. <laughs> <laughs> have
1: you used <laughs> even half of it yet?
0: <laughs> God, no. I have a little shovel in there now to get it out. <laughs> shovel That's okay number four is a show on stan called hacks have you seen this it's, it's in my queue everything's in my queue i just watch old house hunters episodes but i really do want to watch this
1: <laughs> so it's really good it stars jean smart who you may recognize as the mother in mayor of east town um which i'm also watching at the moment and is Horrifically grim. Uh, but it stars Jean as Deborah Vance, who's a really, really famous long-standing comedian with a permanent spot on a casino stage in Vegas. They try to like muscle her out to make room for younger talent. She's like wildly wealthy and successful. Mm. She's really against that idea and, you know, really rails against it. And her agent teams her up kind of against her will with an OTT emerging comedy writer who's had a sort of like fall from grace in every aspect of her life. Hilarity in shoes. It's a real breath of funny, fresh air, nothing serious. It's really good. The jokes are very smart and hilarious, really cutting and excellent. And it was also nominated for an Emmy, which is cool. Um, but yeah, really lighthearted. If you just can't watch Mare of Easttown anymore, <laughs> it's pretty grim.
0: This is the antithesis to that really good this is hacks on stan that sounds good to me i can only really handle low stakes plot points at this point in time yeah like i don't want to see i don't want to see the
1: stuff that i'm seeing <laughs> <laughs> but anyway okay and the final recommendation for this episode is a five second lychee gin martini Ooh. oh my god Thank you, Rose, for this recipe. It is literally half a can of light cheese and syrup put into a blender with two shots of gin and the juice of half a lime and some ice, and then you just blend it up, baby, and you're done. That's it. <laughs> Summer of frozen cocktails. Seriously, seriously. Canned light cheese are so good. They are delicious. And the cans are so pretty. There's a really pretty brand that um, – I've held on to the can because (laughs) it's so cool after I opened it. So, yes, I'm going to make this the summer of the blended cocktail. Mango daiquiris, pina coladas, scrapinos. It's all frozen
0: and it's all delicious. I have a question. What qualifies something as a martini? I think (laughs) it's two ingredients. It's like
1: it has gin and it has another (laughs) thing. One other thing. And that's it. (laughs) And Uh, I don't know what else I would call it. Like if it wasn't if it wasn't the martini <laughs> what is it
0: <laughs> oh god okay well before we go because that was a great fast five and i'm gonna probably go blend a cocktail right now what is our theme for next month's subscriber only newsletter because i'm sure everyone's desperate to know so exciting so the theme of this month's newsletter is
1: what to eat and this is a broad theme it'll encompass lots of things about what to eat
0: books about food movies about food i might write a poem about food because it's my main focus right now i probably won't write a poem but i might We are going to dig back through our entire archive and pull every
1: single recipe that we have ever recommended for you. Jesus, are we? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I've got nothing else to do. We can do that. (laughs) (laughs) And then we're going to pull out all our new favorite recipes that
0: we are excited to try next. It's going to be a absolutely bumper issue. So if you are not signed up and you would like to become a new subscriber, we have another little sweetener, which is that we've been, you know, obviously reflecting on the state of the world at the moment. And it's pretty tough out there. And a lot of people are having a pretty crappy time. So what we'll be doing is from September, the fee for the first month of all new monthly subscribers will. Will be donated to Food Bank New South Wales. We'll probably start rotating the charity as we go through but we just thought there's so many people who are really food insecure at the moment and sort of request to food bank new south wales had just been increasing and increasing um, and we thought it was a really good organization that could use some support so if you've been waiting for an excuse to treat yourself to a subscription to the paid newsletter this is a really good month to start yep feed yourself and then feed others at the same time what else could you want
1: so that's all please follow us on instagram at highly enthused send us an email highly enthused at gmail.com and sign up to our newsletter at highlyenthused.substack.com i don't know if we mentioned that <laughs>
0: oh, yeah i probably didn't even tell you where to do it i assumed you all knew because we know you love us and you listen all the time but yeah thank you for adding that pertinent detail
1: <laughs> see you in a couple of weeks see you later Bye. guys Bye.